There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. An Asian MIT student asked Playground AI to make her profile pic look more professional, and it turned her into a white woman. Local governments can't wait on Washington to implement federal guidelines for the use of artificial intelligence, so they're taking matters into their own hands. The conservative activist behind the Supreme Court affirmative action case sues an Atlanta-based female-run black venture capital fund that invests in black women-led businesses. And Zoom, one of the companies that made remote work possible during the pandemic, once employees back in the office. We've got all this, a spotlight, and more in episode 94 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Stuff. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Michael B. Phelps, a.k.a. Scuba Gooding Jr., a.k.a. Aquamane. Nice. So <laughs> this, is, this is why... Y'all need to be patrons so you get access to our after party because I, I know right now we about to have some fun in the after party. So we can go ahead and let folks know that we are going to be having an after party after this. And in order to get access to that after party, you have to be a patron. That's how you can support the show. So just to get it out the way. If you were to head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John, you can become a patron. We've got multiple tiers over there, any one of which gets you access to our after party and our live stream where you actually get to watch us record the show live. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John, the tech, J-A-W-N, because when we talk about what we're going to talk about in the after party, it's going to be fun. I just I, I've been I've been waiting all day to get to that. But let's get to some tech first, because there it was actually it was actually a pretty jam-packed week of technology news that happened. And, and this this first AI story we're going to talk about, it didn't actually happen last week, but one of our actual patrons, someone in our Discord, actually dropped this article in here about this woman who is a graduate student at MIT, and she was messing around with AI, trying to make a, I guess, a profile pic for LinkedIn. And this is an Asian woman. Her name is Rana Wang. She's a 24-year-old grad student. And she's using this AI tool to create a LinkedIn picture. She's taking one of just her regular selfies and trying to make it look more professional. And the AI decided to, well, let me make you look more professional by making her look like a white woman. It literally changed the color of her skin, changed the shape of her eyes, and made her eyes blue when they were very, very dark brown before. So it's the same old, same old. Our very first episode, this is what we started talking about. It seems like we come back to AI every month or so. But this is this is wild. And it's like 
that is not cool to change someone's ethnicity to make them look more professional. Well, and the bad part is it didn't even make her look more professional. I mean, the picture is raggedy. It definitely made her look you know more white, I mean? though. The, the hair, the hair is is messier. Like the the t shirt looks more wrinkled. Like like it doesn't. It didn't even make her look actually more professional. It just associated white with more professional, which is so problematic. It just it's ridiculous. It's just it, AI is just you know just ridiculous at this point. Not to uh, not to be a hater. Well, not I'm not necessarily being a hater, but remember when the Supreme Court just Supreme Court uh, had that ruling on affirmative action, um, talking about how colleges are not supposed to now judge or uh, do entry exams or admissions or however they do it based off of you know, affirmative action or meeting some sort of quota or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. If I recall, and I'm probably totally wrong, um, I don't think so. Uh, the people who felt like this was putting them affirmative action was putting them in a weird position. If I recall was the Asian community? Am I wrong in saying that there were some Asians who brought? Oh no, the, the the plaintiff was an Asian young man. Um, okay, yeah, that, that is that is no cap. That is absolutely but when the we truth. Fast forward to stories like this. It's like, well, why? What? How? Why aren't black and brown people all black and brown people? Because when we say black and brown people, we mean you know maybe Native American, whether it be. Latino. And to my thought, it was also Asians, mm-hmm. including that brown people. Am I wrong in saying that? Mm. I just all that to say I'm being what's the word hyperbolic to say that when stories like this come out about racial bias as it relates to AI, that it affects black and brown people. You know, I, I'm surprised that more Asians don't support the movement as a whole because it involves them, right? And I'm not saying all Asians were against affirmative action. Please don't. <laughs> please don't hear me wrong. Don't, don't at me. Don't <laughs> at me, bro. <laughs> please, that's not what I'm saying. But there are a, there is a section of, you know, Asians who feel like maybe they are the model minority. Maybe they feel like racism as it stands in America don't necessarily affect them. Furthermore, movements toward erasing whatever fixing things like that really don't involve them so when stuff like this comes up to where an Asian MIT student is messing around AI and it translates professional to white I would hope these stories like this would be like right, there is a actual problem with race and even though a story a issue an event may not affect them directly right now you would think we would all champion and get together because there will be a story that comes that lumps you right back on in. Well, so you would don't, don't nobody want to be a minority until you get reminded you are a minority. Yeah. That, that's then, all it is. And, 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 you know, stuff like this reminds you that you're not white. And, and, and that, and that's, I think what anybody that is not white in this country needs to understand is that you, you, you can get away with you. You can only get away with so much, in this country, because at some point you are going to be reminded, reminded that you're not white. 
that and that's just, and that's just what it is. That that's just what it is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? At some point, there will be something um, that is going to happen to you that's going to remind you that you are not white. And and it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like y'all can take that however y'all want. People listening, people in the chat, y'all can take that however y'all want. This is America, and and. We will all be, if you are not a Caucasian person in this country, you will have a moment, a come to Jesus moment when when something happens to you that reminds you um, that you are not a Caucasian person in this country. It's just, it just is what it is. It's going to happen. And hopefully it won't be catastrophic. Hopefully it won't be something that costs you, you know, life and limb or or your job or your family or, or something, something devastating. But, you know, hopefully it's only something this innocuous that, you know, a picture gets changed to white. Uh, but but something's going to happen that's going to remind you that you're not white in this country. And, and to, to the credit of Kayyem in the um, chat, he mentions the suit uh, that I referred to earlier. The suit was brought by a few Asian Americans, but a recent poll showed that the majority of young Asian Americans disagreed with getting rid of affirmative action. So again, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you know, I recognize and we all recognize that I'm not painting a broad picture of all Asians or things like that. But there are some who particularly tend to talk out not in favor of issues that affect all minorities. Mm-hmm. You know, when case in point, this story that we're talking about can and will affect you at some point, like Stephanie mentioned. We have to just you know, we don't have to say this. It goes without saying. But when, when you're thinking about different races, different ethnicities, different skin colors, no one is a, no group is a monolith. No one thinks the same way. For heaven's sake, one of the Supreme Courts who voted down affirmative action in schools is a black man that from depending on who you listen to benefited from affirmative action when he was in an Ivy League grad school. Now, some say, no, he didn't. He he didn't benefit from it. Some say that he did. I'm not going to argue that right now, but it was a black man that was leading the charge to we we need to get rid of this. So, as I said, it's it's not a monolith. As Kyan pointed out, most young Asian Americans weren't really down with this. But at the end of the day, People are still people. It's like, okay, wait a minute. I didn't get in because of this reason. Okay, I'm for this. If that's going to help me get in, then I'm for it. That's just how some people roll. But, you know, getting back to the AI part of this, it is just, it's, it's laughable how bad this is. Stephanie, you stuck another story about AI in here, about how local governments are not waiting on the federal government to regulate this. They're, no, I think Terrence stuck that in. Oh, there. You, t- you stuck that in there, Terrence? So I'm sorry, I got the wrong person on here. But anyway, you know, you stuck this in there about local governments aren't, aren't waiting. We actually talked about, I want to say it was almost a month ago, maybe a little less. We were talking about New York City and their anti-bias AI initiative that they're doing with with hiring. And more, of HR and and more recently, like the federal government, Joe Biden, sat down and had a meeting with some tech industry leaders, big companies, and they put forth a pledge to say that we're going to be more responsible. I'm putting using all these air quotes for the people <laughs> who are listening. They're going to be more responsible when it comes to AI and we're going to do guardrails and we're going to be, you know, uh, forth thinking when it comes to how this affects, you know. So just wanted to add that piece on there, you know, that, you know, this conversation about you know, who the collateral damage or what could possibly happen that we're not planning for ahead of time 
with AI, you know, we need to get on that now. So the reason why I put this story in there is because while we're having these conversations, you know, it seems like some of these state and local lawmakers are like, look, this is affecting our constituents right now. And the story I'm reading in Fortune, they kind of use this as a bait, you know, um, clickbait to get you to click on it. But, you know, uh, some of the AI issues that local governments or people in these local governments are dealing with is anywhere ranges from, you know, how kids are getting selected for magnet schools, how bail is being doled out for people who have court cases, all that is being determined or AI has a part to play in all that stuff right now. So instead of waiting around for these big tech companies, instead of waiting around for the federal government to move based on who's in office, based on what time of their term, whether it's reelection or whatever the case may be, forget all that. We ain't waiting on that. We're going to start doing some things right now. Uh, real quick, this uh, part that I want to read, at least 25 states, Puerto Rico and District of Columbia introduced artificial intelligence bills this year. As of late July 14th, states and Puerto Rico have adopted resolutions on enacted legislation, according to the National Conference of State Legislators. This list still does, doesn't include bills focused on specific AI technologies like facial recognition or autonomous cars. But um, this NCSL, I'm assuming, let me, uh, I'm not sure what that acronym stands for, but um, they're tracking that separately. So all that to say, I wanted to put that story in there and get you guys take on, you know, even though we know AI is full ahead, it's full speed ahead, by some of these companies that claim to, oh, we're going to think about this before we, you know, move any further. You know, what's your take on the local government saying, all right, we're going to do this on oh, our own. And y'all catch up when y'all catch up. I mean, I, you know, any thought that can be put into how we manage these tools thoughtfully is, is never a bad thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how much of a guardrail this will provide for anybody. It's funny. I was, I was reading a Buzzfeed article of all things, uh, today about, uh, university professors that are fighting the good fight against students using AI, but also not really being able to, um, use the tools effectively because even the tools that are meant to combat the AI aren't effective enough to know that a student didn't cheat and didn't use AI. So it's just like, we just are in uncharted territory right now. It is just the wild, wild west out here, whether you're using it or not using it, whether you're trying to make sure that you, you know, have the tools to detect when AI is being used or you, or you don't, it, it, it's just, I mean, I guess something's better than nothing. And, and it, and it's good that these local governments are recognizing that we at least have to be, we at least have to acknowledge that there is a problem that needs to be looked at. If even if we can't do anything solid and concrete right now, we at least have to acknowledge that we need to start looking at the problem and that there is a problem that we have to, you know, get ahead of, even if we can't put all of our resources into getting getting ahead of it right now, we have to at least acknowledge that there's a problem. And it doesn't seem like, you know, our federal government is even, you know, willing to put themselves out there to like say, we at least got to do something, you know, it's just, just acknowledge that the problem exists and, and then go from there. You know what I mean? One of the issues that we're running into and, you know, our, our government by design is designed to move slowly. 
Maybe not yeah. as slowly as it's moving right now because it's just so hyper-partisan. And, and because of that, it's, it's darn near 50-50 and hardly anything can get done. But yeah. it's designed to move slowly. If you think about the year of AI, which we are in, we just started talking about this stuff last October, November. I mean, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't been a year yet that we've been talking about AI at the levels that we're talking about it now. Now, clearly, we've talked about it before. We were talking about it a couple of years ago. But I mean, it's, it's just really in the public discourse right now. So that's the thing. The other thing is that we're really starting to use AI as this magic term that just catches everything. A lot of times what we're talking about here is just algorithms. And, you know, you know ultimately everything computer-based is, is an algorithm at some point. But right. we're talking about, you know, giant spreadsheets of just when you put this data in here, we're going to crunch numbers a certain way. And computers are just really, 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 really effective at making those calculations very quickly and spitting out information. It looks like magic if you don't really know what was going on. So when you think about why this is, you know, such a big deal for some of these state and local governments that are saying we, we have to work on this now is because things as simple as going to visit a loved one who is incarcerated. AI now controls that in New York City, in order to go see someone who's or actually not even New York City, in New York State, in order to go see it, they use AI The you know, the Department of Corrections there uses AI. They use, you know, they use facial recognition to look at the people who are coming into the prison to make sure that they're not somebody that shouldn't be coming into the prison. Well, mistakes are being made because, you know, things that we know, you know artificial intelligence is or I should say facial recognition, at least, is way less accurate for African-Americans than it is for Caucasians. It's I mean, it's, and when we say a lot, we're talking about thousands of percent worse, 10 times, 20 times worse for black women than it is for for white men. So there's a story that I remember hearing. And this is this is probably within the last year. But a young man was going to visit his brother who was locked up in a corrections facility. The A.I. flagged him as his brother. So they wouldn't let you. you the AI saying we can't let you in here. It's like, but that's not me. That's my brother. You would imagine that brothers, if they have the same parents, would probably in and around the same age and same height and same build would look somewhat like each other. That's kind of how genetics works. But you have AI in, in the story was that the correction officer says, I can clearly see that you're not the person that we have locked up. But because right. the system is saying I can't let you in. I can't let you, I can't, I can't let you in. You're going to have to come back until we get this resolved. And the whole point is supposed to be that the human should have the last word. Right. Why wouldn't you give the human person who's actually standing there, you know, witnessing this with their own eyes, the last word and not be so reliant on a, on a machine that, that is likely to fail or, or has been known to fail, but we don't, we're not doing that. And that, and I think that's the problem. You know, we've, we've, we've been, too willing to turn over, you know, final judgment to these machines too quickly. And, and that's going to get us in trouble. It, it, it already has. But I think, you know, we haven't seen the level of catastrophe um, that that can happen when we give these machines ultimate say and, and final say and, and final judgment. And then by that time, it may be too late. You it's know, we may late. have already, you know, benefited from the positives of AI, you know, better, e easier life, better jobs, whatever, the, whatever AI is doing, it's helping us. And then when, like you mentioned, Stephanie, this 
catastrophic events happen, we'll be like, but I don't want to give up my, and then we'll just right. go along oh, with whatever it. Whatever it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it is. It's terrible. It's human nature. So we, we shall see. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, y'all, this 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 next story isn't, isn't necessarily a tech specific story, but it's so related to what we talk about all the time. And we have to bring this up. And, and Terrence, you actually kind of foreshadowed it talking about the basically the Supreme Court ruling that struck down affirmative action in colleges because the same lawyer that is behind that is part of a conservative activist group that is now behind an affirmative action case suing an Atlanta based female run black venture capital fund. Because and, and this is a fund that, you know, is, is run by three women. Keisha Knight Pullman, Rudy from the, you know, from the Cosby show it is one of the principals here. I'm sorry. It's called the Fearless Fund. Yeah, the, the Fearless Fund. <laughs> and essentially what they do is they give grants, basically venture to black female owned businesses of twenty thousand dollars. And with this lawyer that said the the lawyer that was behind the Supreme Court case is now behind this and saying that, well, our our members, we have people who we believe should be able to get access to those funds. And because they don't meet the criteria, they're going back to I want to say it was was it like in the 1800s, 1869, 1869. 1864 or 18 there's like a civil rights act some some act of 1860 something yeah um, it's the civil rights act from. of 1866 a u.s yeah. law barring racial bias in private contracts by making only black women eligible in a grant competition so basically since the grant only gives this scholarship to black women according to this 1866 law this guy that you're mentioning and is using that as why other people should be have access to this fund and right. not just black women. Right. But see, I, you know, to the point, I think this this should go the same way as the argument for eliminating affirmative action in universities, because they're, you know, the whole thing is like, OK, if you get rid of that, then get rid of the legacy as well. The same should hold here. If you're getting rid of this particular program, then you need to get that 0.38% number up, which is how much, uh, how many black women get venture capital dollars. This is at 0.38%. 0.38% of black women get venture capital money out of like, we're we're up to almost a trillion dollars. 
it's in the billions of dollars of venture capital money that gets you know, transacted every year and black women get point. We don't even get 1%. I think black people get 1%. Black women get 0.38%. 0.38%. 0.38%. So less than half a percent. So if we get rid of affirmative action, which, okay, if if, if we say in this, even it up so we can get rid of even that Mm. shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If, if if we getting rid of affirmative action, then there's no way you can justify how black women are only black women are like the 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 fastest growing business starters in this country. But we only get in point three eight percent of the money. The math ain't mathing right now. So if you get rid of affirmative action, then make the math work. Make the math work for me and make the math work for the billions of dollars to make the and 0.38 percent. The math ain't math. So make the math work and then you can you can get rid of all the affirmative action. Get rid of all that shit. But make the math work. Make the math. work, Or maybe the maybe the math is working how it's supposed to work. The math been working how they want it to work. <laughs> But then you, but you mad about twenty thousand dollars, right? Even paying somebody's rent for a year, mm-hmm. like what? Like what are you doing? But but it's but it's it's the Velociraptor po- poking holes in the fence. They're just doing these little things so that they can dismantle the bigger things, and mm-hmm. and that's all mm-hmm. it is. And 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 it's like like I said, the math ain't math. You want to do this, then make that point three eight percent make sense. No, this and this is. This is not this is not about the math. I'm doing my best to put myself into the mind of the people that are doing this. But when I do that, this has nothing to do about the math and the fact that black women only get point three eight percent. What we're doing is this is about the principality. You have created something that is just for black women and we want access to that. Why? Because because they probably don't even want access. They probably don't even want access. They want it to go away. They want, they want it to go away. They, want they don't want access. Know. They don't want twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. They can get they can get twenty six million from Andreessen tomorrow. They don't want mm-hmm. our twenty thousand dollars. They don't want access to who who wants twenty thousand dollars. What you want to do with twenty thousand? Nothing. You can't do nothing. We can do something with twenty thousand dollars because we can make something out of nothing. They can't do nothing with that. That's that's like you said a rounding error. Like you always say, Rob. That's nothing to them. They don't want that money. They just don't want us to have that money. <sighs> Out of out of pure spite, now, and, and it's that's it. Evilness. It's pure not. It's not stopping evil. here. And, and it's, this exactly. this lawyer, he it's plans to go after Raptor testing the fence. Yes, he's he's starting here, and he wants to he wants to dismantle all of it because they don't want black folk to have nothing. They don't want us to have nothing, and that's all no. it is. So yeah, he 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 is. he has said that this is not the last that he is going after numerous companies that are doing these type of things. And it was, as you said, Stephanie, the Velociraptor testing the fence. You know, that is the Jurassic Park quote for folks who don't know. Go watch the movie. It was great from back in the day. What he is doing is, okay. we got the big one. We got affirmative action in schools. Okay, now let's see what else we can go get. Oh, here's this. Here is this relatively small VC firm. Well, here's the thing. If they're only giving out $20,000 grants, how much money are they going to have to battle us in court when we're not doing this for the money? We're doing this for the cause that that they're behind. 
It's like, are they going, are they going to even be able to fight this? Can we, is this just another one that we can pick off and have more precedent so that the next one after that, because a little bit easier, the next one after that gets a little bit easier. Keisha, Keisha, just say that anybody that comes in there, that's not a black woman, wasn't a good fit. They weren't a good culture fit. They weren't, good, they weren't a good fit for our programming. They weren't a good. Oh well, yeah, we'll accept all applications, but they just weren't a good fit. Mm-hmm. And that's it because that's clearly the only excuse we ever get when we don't get yeah. the, the millions. Oh, they they just weren't a good fit for our program. Oh, they weren't a good fit. Yeah, actually, so, make matters worse. The, they weren't a good fit. Um, the young lady was partnering or in conjunction with Mastercard and this fund that they're attacking. They didn't even go. They didn't attack Mastercard. Mm-mm. They want to attack this organization. So they, know, they know what they're doing. And 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 I and I can see him going after um old boy uh with Shea, Shea Moisture, that Shea Moisture fund, because that that's a lot. He, mm-hmm. there's a lot of money in that that Shea Moisture fund. I can't I can't remember what it's called, but the dude that has that the brother um that does Shea Moisture, mm-hmm. he, he got bought by um a much larger company, but they kept um a big pot of money to to give to beauty brands to black beauty brands um and i could see them going after them as well but it's just like just just stop it damn like why are you such a hater like why are you such a hater honestly why are you a hater <laughs> just just stop it just just knock it off honestly just knock it off all right y'all let, let's talk a little bit about zoom so for, for those who do not know, Zoom with the pandemic, that company blew up, you know, the the the, the virtual meeting place. They essentially allowed, allowed a lot of people, allowed a lot of students to stay home, a lot of a lot of students to stay home, allowed a lot of employees to stay home and stay relatively productive while doing so during the pandemic. Well, now Zoom is like, even though we are the ones, you know, you know. Zoom is not the only company that was behind telepresence, but they are the they're the face of it. It's like when you look up telepresence, Zoom is who you would see during the pandemic. So even though this company has created the means for people to work remotely, there's like, nah, son, y'all got to go back in the office. Zoom. It was like. For real, you two Zoom. That's why I put a two Zoom. <laughs> like, now y'all going to try to make people come back? <laughs> like, I think it's just like, two days a week or something. But but still, it was like, come on, y'all. Like, well, so, so and, he, and, and it, it just feels the, the optics of it is is, the is irony. awful. Yeah, yeah. Is it because it, it's kind of like the hypocrisy in the optics of of Zoom of all companies forcing your employees back into the office is just, I, I don't know how you, how you spin that. I'm, I'm just not sure how you spin that. I don't think zoom is really even trying to spin that. I mean, it, here's my take on this. I have always thought we were going to get to this point. I, I, I really did. I, there, there's just too much commercial real estate out there that companies have paid hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars for, for all that sits all across the United States. And it's like, uh, we still got to pay this rent on these buildings. So y'all going to be up in these buildings. We, we, no, we're going to I, get our money. I, I, I definitely yeah. felt everybody else was yeah. going to have to come back. But Zoom? But, but <laughs> like, that, that's Zoom. part of it. The other part of it, too, is that there had been studies that have shown 
now that we've we've got years of many, many people working remote across all different types of sectors, that there is a bit of a productivity productivity loss. In fact, there was a story that we, you know, we wanted to talk about. We had it in our rundown. We used to get to it several weeks ago that was essentially they did a study of folks who were remote and, you know, or, but were also going in. And the people actually admitted 63% of workers admitted that they were more productive in the office than they were working remote. Now, in the back of my mind, I would believe that to be true. But what I didn't quite understand why folks did this, they actually admitted it. So you had a lot of folks. And here's the other thing. They actually broke these numbers down by demographics. So when you look at it by race, African-Americans are almost like 72%. In fact, I think they were exactly 72% of African-Americans who were polled and in the study. going back in the office? They, they said that they are actually more productive when they go back in. Now, they're also saying, but we don't want to go back in. But when we're there, we're more productive. And millennials were also saying it as well. Very young workers. And, and I can see it for these young workers because you have folks who literally, they might have just got out of high school. They might have just been at the end of college and they went right into the workforce and they physically couldn't go into a building. All they were given was, we're going to mail you a laptop and we're going to mail you a phone and you just need to be logged in at eight o'clock every morning. And I'm not more productive in it. You're at home. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You can be in your pajamas. You can run to Target in the middle of the day. Like, who's not more productive in an well, office? So, However, don't nobody want to be at the office. So I have some non-researched, non-empirical data re- suspicions <laughs> as to why some people hate their lives. <laughs> <laughs> and when they go to work, they are their title. Senior director, da 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 da, 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 da. I think people, when they work, it brings them a sense of being, a sense of importance, more importantly, a sense of and importance. And sometimes it's just a getaway. And like sometimes get away it's from just these a getaway because when we was at home hours. with the pandemic, we was also staring at our kids. Mm-hmm. They couldn't go to school either. Let now, my guess is in addition, minute. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is, if if there was some other reason as to why we all had to stay home, not health related to where we were all scared to be in the house. I'm pretty sure that given the choice between working from home and uh, working in office when you can work from home and not have to also <laughs> listen to your husband or your wife or also have to raise your kids at the same time, I'm pretty sure those productivity, uh, these people who are claiming they're more productive when they're at work because there's no distractions because they're not that they're they are uh, at work doing work versus when you're at home, you you know, working, you might be get dinner started early. You might have to go pick up some kids. You might or you might have to, you know, help the kids with their homework. So I'm thinking my non-empirical guess is people want to get out the house now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're like, you know what? I am more productive when I'm at work just working versus monitoring the contractor that's working on the stairs and <laughs> helping the kids with the homework and, you know, all these other things. <laughs> well, you know who they didn't poll? They did not poll patrons of the tech job because folks who are in our live stream right now, they are not feeling having to go back into the office. Hey, none of them feeling it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm with y'all, but 
Um, I wouldn't want to go back into an office. If I if I had an office to go back into, I would not want to go back. Uh oh. So, so this is one of the stories. Well, the storm is getting you, Steph. Go, yeah, man. Yeah. I just had a little power surge. Oh, okay. No, you, you're still there. We're, right. You're still there. Yep. So w- one of the things that I remember when I was researching this story on folks actually admitting that they were more productive at work was the fact that there was a story where there was a remote worker who had the opportunity to go into the office two days a week, but chose, no, I don't want to go into the office two days a week. So they have a office kickball team and the kickball team practices at lunch. So her complaint, and she actually tried to sue the company well, you're giving people who go into the office benefits right. that I don't get because I can't make it home. I can't make it from my home into the office to go to kickball practice for an hour and then get back home in the time that people literally can just go out to the field and you know and play kickball at the office. So she lodged a actual complaint about that. And this is what, see, this is why y'all going to keep losing because of this dumb stuff. It's like you chose to not go to work and now you're going to complain that the things they do in the office you can't do because you can't get there and back quick enough when, when you're not there. That is why folks is going to end up having to go back in because foolishness like that. It's like she actually launched a actual lawsuit against her company. It was thrown out of court. It never even got into court, but it, it was just thrown out. It's like, well, you could go into the office and just work from there. And then you, it wouldn't be an issue. It was like, you know, there was, she, she was not being, um, I forget what the, the word was, but she, there was no damage. It's like, no, you can actually go into the office just like everyone else who's going into the office on these two days. And you could participate in the kickball practice at lunch and actually get back to work within the hour of your lunch break. There's a remedy for you. So it's just ridiculous. But here is the other thing that I wanted to talk about with Zoom today, because in addition to this news about their employees having to go back in a couple of days a week, Zoom put out a new terms of service. Now, this is not a new story. It's just the fact I think it just hit today because they announced it today. And in this terms of service, it basically sounded like they have access to all your data and can use all your data for whatever they want. Now I am, I am paraphrasing a sentence that had 270 some words in it. It was, it was, it was one of those legalese type of, of words, but the internet reacted to this with such fervor where you literally had people, you had CISOs, you had CIOs, you had OOs, you had CEOs, you had basically folks with C's and O's in their title saying, shut down Zoom. We cannot use it if this is what they're doing to the point that Zoom had to first have one of their higher up product managers come out and actually write a blog post saying, oh no, we don't have access to your content without your explicit you know, um, consent. But then they actually had to go and update and put like these addendums in their TOS. And doesn't train its artificial intelligence models on audio, video or text chats from the app without customer consent. Allegedly, Mm. I'm like, but if it wasn't in the terms of service before, that means they were doing it before that before it got into the terms of service. They were doing it without your consent before it got into the terms of service. You can't tell me that they weren't. And somebody made a good point. You know, terms of service in user licenses agreements are are created by lawyers for lawyers mm-hmm. and are not putting they're not uh, thinking about the end users 
who need to agree and accept to these things to where if Zoom wasn't already collecting data and trying to train uh, train AI, they needed to be more clear like they were in this blog post after the fact reacting to people tripping about right. they <laughs> uh, confusing, you know, terms of service. You know, why don't you just do that ahead of time and make the, the people who need to accept and agree to the terms of service, make it clear so I understand it. Don't use it as cop out for somebody you get sued so you write it so a lawyer can understand it mm-hmm. right so we can understand it so we wouldn't be tripping like this and you got to go back and uh, uh, damage control <laughs> well because they need that time between the when they when they don't do that and when people find out that's when they was collecting the data <laughs> and i'm sure they probably have enough data at this point you know to do whatever they needed to do um, and now they can go ahead and shut it down and, you know, business as usual. What a lot of big software companies do, and Zoom is a big software company, you will find that they have legal departments where oftentimes the legal team aren't full-time employees of the organization. They, they're almost like contracted out just like anybody else would use a lawyer. But what these big companies will also have is they will have a lawyer that is also a product manager. They will have a lawyer that is also a PR person. They will have a lawyer that's also an HR person who actually work for the company. And they go over all of this stuff with the mind of PR, with the mind of product management, with the mind of of, of a developer before it actually gets to the public. Because this is something that if someone in PR would have read this, they were like, here's what I think this means. You can explain to me why it doesn't mean that, but here's what I think it means based off of me just reading it. We need to make this read better because here here was one of the funny things that someone did with AI. They actually took this really, really long sentence that had all this legalese in it and told, a, you know, I, I want to say they told Bard or something like that to make this read better. The AI bot broke up one sentence into like three or four paragraphs with 11 or 12 sentences in it. That, that's how long this one sentence was with all these words that tells you all the things that that Zoom so people could do. Understand. So people won't understand it. And it's just like so they had to literally what they had to do. OK, this is so bad. We have to now go back in the same day we release this thing. Let's go back and change it so that it reads a little bit better and that our people that are using our platform don't feel like we're going to just go and take all their data and do whatever we want to it. And, and now now the TOS based on this Verge article that literally came out minutes before we went live was that they, they are saying that, you know, we, we need your explicit consent to use this data because before before it said that it looked like you have the access to do it. And here's the thing that I've always said, you know, you could tell me to your blue in the face, well, we would never do it. But you don't need to tell me to I'm blue in the face until you're blue in the face. Just put it in your TOS. That's a, that's that's legally binding at that point. It's like when it's like, well, we asked for all of these permissions, but we're never going to use them. Why did you why did you ask for them? It's like if you're never going to use them, tell me that you're never going to use them in the same document that you told me that you had access to them in. And then in terms of services only good for what it says right then and there. If they decide to change it, there's no 
process that they need to go through. Nothing needs to be approved. Right. It don't have to be presented Updated. towards exactly. Congress or or the users don't need to vote on it. No shareholder, nothing like that. They just change it. And <laughs> then they have that little blurb at the bottom. We've updated our terms of service. Click OK. And we all click OK. Nobody goes and reads it. Or you get an email saying we've updated our terms of service and nobody goes and reads it. And 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 who knows what's in it. And and we've given up, you know, everything. And and you usually have to accept the update in order to use the product. So what have we gained? But but right. more, you know, invasion of our privacy. Like it, it, a good- privacy is fiction, y'all. Like they they said it years ago in where did where did I get that from? The Punisher, I think, said that uh years and years ago. But but privacy is is total fiction. <laughs> there's a good South the Park. We understand that the 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 better off we'll all be. Yeah, there's a good South Park episode on people accepting the terms of service <laughs> and in their terms of service what the company can actually do to you i <laughs> advise anybody to go take a look at that go search for that yes. episode on or a south park episode on youtube it's it's pretty gross because of oh, south park sure. yeah, yes <laughs> yes kenny did get killed in that episode but it was legal <laughs> for them to kill them the way that he got right, killed right. <laughs> according to the terms of service so, so y'all, we, we're going to get to this last story here. Let, let's talk about threads. I know I'm on it. I think Stephanie, you at I least am. signed up for I it. I haven't. I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, I signed up, you know, right when everybody else did. Um, but yeah, it, it's just one more thing. It's like I, I can't. It's it's too much work. It's too much work. Tangy. I can't think about one more social network. Right Tangy, did you ever get on it? Never installed it on my phone. <laughs> Never installed it. So, so here's the thing. If you guys remember back a month ago, and it's, it's only been a month, but it's, you know, a month ago. Rob, when you were talking tough too, boy. You was like, 100 million people is the well, fastest. The well, well, it is. It's a, it's, a hundred, it's a hundred million people that was on this thing know. in five days. That That you is are. impressive. Yeah. I mean, a hundred million folks, man. That's like that's like three Californias. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of people. In fact, that's more than three. It's not quite three Californias. What is that? That's that's three Canadas. That's that's a lot of folks. But it's a lot of people. Um, at, you know, two weeks ago it was down fifty percent. Now it's down to they're saying ten to twenty percent of people who signed up accounts are still logging into them daily. So. You know, are are we over threats? I don't think so because yeah, I definitely don't think it's going away. It's not going away. They're 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 adding features to it. I wonder. It's like if you if they would have come out a little bit more baked than it than it did, would they have been yeah. able to hang on to more users than what they have? Probably, but I think I don't know that they would have grown at the at the rate that they grew if they wouldn't yeah. have come out because you know Meta seized on an opportunity of the hot mess that's going on at Twitter, and yeah. I believe that that was okay. Let's go ahead and get this out. In fact, it was supposed to come out. I, I want to say a day or two after it actually came out, and they said, "Let's yeah. go ahead and get this done now, so we can capitalize on these news cycles." And it just skyrocketed the the speed at which people were downloading it. I will say this. When I first got it, I was logging into it every day for probably the first week. And it was just it was just difficult because I couldn't control who I was following. I I couldn't control. I mean, I could control who I was following. I couldn't control what I was seeing in my feed. 
they have since come and updated some things. So you can actually now follow the people you want to follow. There's some other things they're going to be adding search soon. This is not going away. It's going to be here, in my opinion, forever because it's meta and meta. They they have the money to do it and they're, they're going to do it. And it's only it's it's only going to get better and better and better. So I don't think it's going to go away. I just think that they need to get some features baked in here. But I probably log into threads, I would say three to five times a week, because I have a lot of friends who are there who who are just using threads and they're not they're not on Twitter any longer. So probably I mean, I'm probably going to get a little bit better, but I, I just don't know. It's just it's just so much work. I'm, I'm just so over it. Um, I was I was surprised, though, at how precipitously it dropped off um so quickly um i think the 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 desktop app will help that mm-hmm. um especially for journalists um because that was journalists primary complaint that there was not a web app um to use so i think that will definitely help that's coming out um like you said some of those other uh features that you you just mentioned rob i think will help as well um and and twitter's a dumpster fire <laughs> well x is 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 a dumpster fire so well, it I, was it, yeah. it yeah. was until this weekend, until this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> twitter lit up like christmas right. <laughs> um so yeah well you know we'll see like i yeah i definitely don't think it's going away um it'll 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 level off at 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 some you know level and and then possibly you know i, I think we'll see a, a, a uptick back up to some plateau um and then whatever i it's, i just it's, still, it's hard for me to care right so now just it like anything we, we, you've got you've got factions just like back in the day and not even back in the day today still you have android users versus ios users you now have twitter users versus thread users and it's 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 silly. It really is. It's it's really just silly that people go into their in, into their camps like that. But I never thought Threads would be a Twitter killer. I'm on the record for saying this. Twitter, with you know, pushing 500 million users, has reached critical mass. There's no other platform that's going to come and kill Twitter. Twitter has to kill itself. Now, seems like you know, depending on you know on on, on who you like. Twitter might actually be doing quite well at that, but we we're still calling. You know what? Mama called him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. It's like it's hard to uh, you know to get rid of. It's funny. You know, I'm taking this way left. I was having a conversation with Kev on stage of all people, and I say a conversation. He actually just responded to one of my uh, replies to one of his tweets, but he was basically saying how Kinko's changed the name to FedEx in 2008, and people still call. FedEx Kinko's. And I was like, you could, I could have bet you money that I didn't know that it happened that long ago. And then I said, as a matter of fact, somebody asked me where there was a FedEx probably in the last month. And I told them, Oh, you, oh, you know where the old Kinko's is. And so it's like, they actually have a kiosk inside of Kinko's, not even realizing that they no longer even call it FedEx Kinko's. It is just FedEx. Now there's no Kinko's branding any longer. And that's been since 2008. There are people like us that no matter where Twitter, where no matter where X goes, 
unless we're just trying to be very politically correct and call the company by the name that the company is actually now calling itself, we're going to refer to it as Twitter forever because that is the name. It's, it, it, it is it is. I don't understand the plan as to why you would go from something where you had your own verbs, you had your own adjectives that the world understood and you decided to, we're going to just now use X that everybody on their, you know, and their mother has some type of branding around X. Elon Musk has spent his life running his businesses being contrary. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of what he does. Oh, and and this business strategy is contrary is being contrary. Yeah. But anyway, this was a thread story. Threads, their usage has completely tanked at this point. Some folks so are, are calling you, for that. Rob, real quick, are you you personally are you attributing that to the because you mentioned it before the lack of, lack of features? What are you attributing? What are you personally attributing the uh, drop off uh, to? I think that people use the social media that they use, and that Threads was something new. Okay, let me go check that out. People went and checked it out. Oh, okay, that's what it is. And then they fell right back into what they were doing. They were, in, in my opinion, no matter what happened, you were going to see a precipitous drop off in usage probably after the first month or two months. That's what we're seeing now. I think because the pro- the product didn't, it, it wasn't quite baked. Like when you look at Mastodon, Mastodon is better than Threads. When you look at Blue Sky, Blue Sky is better than Threads. Feature-wise. When, 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 feature-wise. When you look at Twitter, Twitter is by far better than what threads is as far as all all that it does. So if you can't effectively replace what you were doing with this new thing, then you probably kind of slide back into the, into the old thing. And I I thought that's what it was always going to be, but here is the benefit. I think we talked about this before for, for meta, what threads has done is pulled me back in Instagram. I literally hadn't logged on an Instagram probably more than once or twice a year for the last two or three years. It is May 4th. I always put up a, a May, May the 4th be with you post. I have done that for the last two or three years. And that is the only thing I've posted in Twitter up until threads where I'm now actually going back in Instagram. That's the only thing that I'm going back to Instagram for up until threads. I'm going in there. And like, oh, okay. Oh, Terrence, you posted some stuff. Let me go. Let me go see what you said. Stephanie is putting stuff on Instagram all the time. Let me go see. You know, I'm actually in that application now. So if they signed up a hundred million people, well, well, those hundred million people had Instagram accounts. And like me, I would imagine that some of them have actually continued to use Instagram just because threads pulled them back into it. So that's, that's still a plus as far as I'm concerned for meta. So is uh, Instagram still tied to threads? There was something about if you delete your threads account, you also have to delete Instagram. Is that still the well, case? No, in, or in, they separate? in order to get rid of data, yeah. So they, they are linked in order to have a threads account. You have to have an Instagram account. They, 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 they're not standalone. So even if you didn't have Instagram in order to get threads, you are signing up to an Instagram account when you create your threads account. So they are, they, they are, they are linked that way. You can have an Instagram account without having threads, but you cannot have threads without having Instagram. But I also thought I read somewhere and I'll look it up. So we get a break here. I thought to where if you then wanted to go and delete your threads account, you either ha- you either I think it was something along the lines of you also were in jeopardy of losing your Instagram account or something. I had to look that up. I'm make yeah. sure I'm not lying to y'all. <laughs> there, there, yeah, there was there was there was um since they are connected. Yeah, there was something to that, and they were 
they were working on that. So there definitely yeah, was. I can't tell you what it is, but it's like it, it, uh, you're, you're right. I, I know that you're you know on to something. I just can't remember exactly what the uh, the ramifications and the parameters are around that. But in order to have threads, you must have Instagram. So I think, well, I want to get rid of threads completely. It's like, okay, well, you need to get rid of the Instagram account too, because it's linked to the threads account. It could have been something like that, but I'm not sure. And I know that they're working on that. Yes, I don't know if it's been addressed yet. Currently, you will have to delete your Instagram to delete threads. Yes, because they are linked like that. Um, but like I said, they're trying to, you can deactivate your threads profile um, without deleting your Instagram account. But if you want to delete your threads, you will have to delete your Instagram. Mm-hmm. But they said they're they're working on some way to decouple them to where you don't have to to do that. So, y'all, we are at the top of the hour and Steph, you have a spotlight. So why don't you go ahead and I'll give you a chance to pull everything up. But why don't you tell us about Dr. And I want to make sure I get her name right. Is it is it Toyin Ajaye? Toyin Ajaye. Ajayi, okay. Yes. Yes, I found uh, Dr. Ajayi today and I was pretty excited because she is doing her thing. Um, so let's talk about Dr. <laughs> I, I, I did a, uh, go ahead, Stephanie, but I did a um, conference and she was one of the people on the panel that I was a panelist over over Zoom during COVID, right. no less. All right. <laughs> you, you, you know Dr. Dr. Toy? Well, I don't know her like that, but we sat right. on the panel. We talked about unicorns and raising money, black capitalists, you know, raising money. So she was one of the unicorns that actually raised a billion. So Yeah, man. She was like a billy, a billy, a billy, mm-hmm. a billy. Um, okay. Dr. Toyin Ajayi is co-founder and CEO of CityBlock Health, a technology-enabled healthcare provider delivering a scalable solution to improve health outcomes for underserved and systemically marginalized populations. CityBlock partners with provider organizations, health plans, community social services agencies, and community members, ensuring that Medicaid and duly eligible for Medicare and Medicare beneficiaries have access to high value, readily available, personalized health services. The company has a reported valuation of $5.7 billion and recently banked $400 million in a late stage funding round. City block investors in Include heavyweights in the industry such as SoftBank, Tiger Global, General Catalyst, Maverick Ventures, 8VC, and Town Hall Ventures. The startup has raised $891 million to date, according to Crunchbase. And this that's uh, an older figure, so it's probably over a billion dollars at this point. Previously, Toyin served as chief medical officer at Commonwealth Care Alliance, an innovative nationally recognized health plan which serves populations eligible for Medicare and Medicaid. Toyin, actually, let me put some respect on her name. Dr. Ajayi began her career at Boston University, Boston Medical Center as family medicine hospitalist, clinical instructor and global health fellow. Her work has been published in top journals, including the New England Journal of Medicine, the Journal of the American Medical Association and Health Affairs. She has been widely recognized for her efforts in driving health equity and innovation, including being named one of modern 
Modern Health Care's Women to Watch in 2023, to the 2021 Entrepreneur Magazine 100 Women of Impact, on the 2020 Inc. Female Founders 100 list, among Business Insiders Top 30 Leaders Under 40 Transforming Healthcare in 2019. Dr. Ajayi received her undergraduate degree from Stanford University, an MPHIL and MPhil, I'm not sure what that is, Masters of Philosophy maybe, from the University of Cambridge and her medical degree with distinction in clinical practice from King's College London School of Medicine. She completed her residency training in family medicine at Boston Medical Center. Dr. Ajayi is a member of the 2023 class of Henry Crown Fellows within the Aspen Global Leadership Network at the Aspen Institute. Dr. Toyin Ajayi doing the dang thing. So like... uh like Dion would say so she's smart 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 and I mean you know we talk you know a lot about how black women founders don't get money and don't get founded I you know when I saw the numbers uh in her bio I was like oh yeah 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 we gotta talk about her because clearly you know she got money money and um and 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 you know it's nice to see that there are some founders out here that you know can call themselves unicorns and are doing the thing and, and getting that money. So getting that bag. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Dr. And the startup is pretty dope because basically, you know, from what I remember of what city block actually does is basically they're nicer customer service <laughs> for people looking for healthcare to have their healthcare explained, to have their benefits explained when they have to interact with the hospitals or the doctors mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. They're almost like a, almost like a mediator. Um, and of course I'm oversimplifying and I'm hundred percent sure it is deeper than that. Right. But typically, you know, like people who are on Medicaid, people on Medicare, people who, you know, uh, don't have just tons of money to just throw at a medical situation is they need somebody to explain, break their um, um, insurance down, break their benefits down for somebody to even help them. Like when a doctor's talking to them or a nurse is talking to them, you know, that person can kind of help break down what's really going on to the actual patient. So it's actually, you know, it's healthcare IT, but it's, you know, also something that, you know, very is very much in need you know, for people in general, because people are, you know, whether you got money or not, you know, all that we talked about earlier, legalese. Right. And just having a healthcare advocate, you know. Right. And then you got somebody, a family member or yourself, you know, you're, you know, suffering for lack of a better term because you have this procedure or you've had the procedure and all you care about is, all right, how do I get better? So you tend to agree to things. You may be right. signing things that you may not understand. Navigating, navigating that paperwork ain't no joke. You, you, right. know, what, you know what it reminds me of, Terrence? Uh, and I know I'm dating myself this, but it reminds me of Smitty and Hoppy from Sanford and Son. Where the, Smitty and Hoppy. So oh. the police officers, where you had the black police officer, you had the white police officer. So whenever the white officer would say something, Fred and Lamont would look at Smitty. Smitty would translate it into language they understood. And then when they would say something back, Smitty would, you know, um, Smitty would then translate that back for Hoppy. 
so that he understood what, you know, what was going on. So basically, they was translating English for people who all spoke English to each other. But it's, it's just like, you know, that, that's what that seems like for. It's like, you don't necessarily understand this in the way that the doctor is telling you. So we're here to explain it in language that you understand. That's kind of what I took from that. Yeah. And they go a step further. You know, they provide services like um, safe housing, food security, help, help, help with addiction and even child care support. So it's more like I said, I, I don't want to oversimplify like what they do. a holistic approach to. Right. Right. But mainly it, it's, you're, you're dealing with people. You're not dealing with a customer care representative who may or may not be even related to the hospital. You know, you may be talking to somebody in the, in the Philippines about your health care in Brooklyn. Right. right. Versus working with, you know, what she's doing, you know, make it more personable, make it so you can understand and provide additional services that healthcare companies, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. All right. Y'all looking at the clock. We at the top of the hour. So Tech Life Steph, why don't you tell the folks I didn't get at you? You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph and check out StephanieHumphrey.com. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the Tech John on all the things. So come holler at us however you holler. Till we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.